When it comes to leadership, there is no need to reinvent the wheel. Character is what eventually makes or breaks leaders. Yet, it's the most ignored and overlooked aspect of leadership development today. We have the perfect leadership role model, and that's Jesus. We simply need to follow his lead, allowing him to work in and through us. Welcome to Lead Like Jesus podcast. Leadership starts on the inside. Hello, welcome to the Lead Like Jesus podcast, where leadership starts on the inside. Today, we're continuing our conversations about emotional intelligence and Christ. And I'm excited. I'm delighted to have two of my co-authors for this project, this God project on our call today. And so I want to introduce you first to Dr. Estella Chavu. Dr. Estella, please uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Would you, uh, would you tell our audience a little bit about your background and experience and, and even your interest in emotional intelligence? Yeah, well, um, I am a um, author, I'm a professor, and I'm a marketing representative, and, um, and I've worked in corporate America a lot. So I've had a lot of experiences with behavior <laughs> and also all kinds of aspects. Um, um, I'm very interested in emotional intelligence in Christ and really became interested in it after my doctorate program because I realized that although people may have the strongest IQ in the world, their ability to relate and be relatable to others was kind of was hard and the behaviors that they uh, invoked sometimes were not very professional or godly for that fact. So I started studying a lot about that and that's how I got into it. Absolutely. We've, we've all seen it. You can have somebody that is incredibly intelligent, high intellect off the charts, but because they don't have the ability to relate, that might become a stumbling block for them. Yeah. And now we also want to invite uh, uh, Ken Vogus to the podcast. Ken has uh, been a longtime friend of Lead Like Jesus, and he's been on this series already. Ken, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how it applies to the subject as well? Well, what I am, I'm the author of the uh, biblical disc assessment, and uh, they brought me into the team, kind of grafted me in to, to uh, give a greater insight into the actual case studies in scripture where, where, it, where there's an appearance of emotional intelligence. And I, I guess that's, that, that's what I do. I also teach at Dallas Seminary. I've been associated with Dallas Seminary for about 40 years now in the D-Men program and helping pastors figure out how to go ahead and love their people. Well, and that's what this is all about. It's all about loving people. When we, we've talked about it from the very beginning of this project, Ken, I think you coined it, that uh, emotional intelligence is a, is a great system of agape love. Yeah, it's. I mean, what what you're doing is you're you're from a secular point of view. What you're doing is is defining agape love, and the real trick is to go ahead and look at Jesus doing it. Uh, that that's that's my giftedness, I guess, if you want to say it that is to, to see his ability to to apply emotional intelligence into relating to people. Amen. Amen. Well, in a classical sense of emotional intelligence as a construct, there are typically four domains or four areas. The first one is self-awareness. It's understanding yourself, what's going on on the inside, your own emotions. The second area is self-management. It's how you apply those emotions. 
and how you manage those emotions. The third one is empathy and relational awareness. It's having this general understanding of what the other is feeling and going through. And then finally, the fourth area of a classical look at emotional intelligence is social management. How do you actually work with that relationship with the other person to better the total relationship and help advance it? And so when we talk about emotional intelligence in Christ, we've looked at those four areas, and we believe that they're very biblically rooted, biblically grounded, and we believe Jesus Christ is the prime example and ambassador of emotional intelligence. And so the first area that we look at when you talk about self-awareness, we talk about identity, your personal identity in Christ. And then the second area we talk about as far as self-management would be concerned is, is uh, self-control, how well you actually manage and master those emotions. Today, we're going to talk about the third area, the third area, which is typically relational uh, awareness or management, where, I'm sorry, re relational awareness or empathy. Today, we're going to talk about altruism, because that's how we've brought it into our model, and we call it an altruistic attitude. And in a later episode, we're going we're gonna to round the bases and hit the fourth one. The fourth one is, is social management, and we're going to talk about Christ connections. That's how we would define it in terms of our method. So I want to talk with you, uh, Dr. Estella. Let's talk about an altruistic attitude in our behaviors. And what does that actually mean? Well, you know, altruism, as we know, and throughout the book, you'll find that Jesus is a model of true behavior, right? And altruistic behavior is no different. Um, there, um, it is the ability to give without receiving anything else. Um, in order to be able to do that, you just have to activate the Holy Spirit. And that's what it's about. Um, giving of yourself without expecting anything um, to help others. And it's all about, to Ken's point, love. It, it starts with love. So how does one develop an altruistic nature? Well, it's interesting. <laughs> it all starts with the Holy Spirit, as I said before. Um, we had uh, gotten together and we wrote the, wrote the book, as you all know, The God Squad. And one of the things we did was define what emotional intelligence in Christ is. And it's the activation of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, so that you can discern and you can manage your behaviors and also so that you can love others like Jesus did. And that's what it's all about. In order to be altruistic, you have to have the spirit of Christ. Jesus throughout the Bible did that. He, he gave and he, he, he activated the Holy Spirit in others. Um, Galatians 2.20 tells us that, you know, we are new. We, when we were born again, we no longer live like we used to. We're, we're part of Christ now. We have Christ-like behavior, Christ-like actions. And that's what it's all about. When you have that altruistic spirit, you've just activated the Holy Spirit. You let him lead you. He's your guide. Ken, I love that. I love that definition. All four of us worked on it. You yeah. crafted it at the end, Ken. And so let's talk about that. Let's let's discuss that a little bit further as far as the Holy Spirit's part, the activation part uh, that kind of leads the whole altruistic behavior. What does that mean to you? Well, it's really hard to, um, we're flesh, right? <laughs> we're flesh and we um, sometimes, you know, it's hard to activate it. And, and it's, um, everyone has different belief systems and everyone has different ways of, 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 of giving. And I think it's important that we, we just pray constantly, pray constantly for God's guidance on how to behave and how to act 
and, and, and his discernment. I mean, he'll tell us as long as you're praying. And I think that's what it's all about. Um, activating it just takes opening yourself up to him um, and asking him to do that for you. And it's a constant battle because um, again, the flesh is weak <laughs> as we've seen throughout the whole Bible and in this world today. Well, it, and, I, and I'll tell you, I think that's the differentiator. So emotional intelligence as a construct is, is a well-proven through social science methodology in order to continue to grow in certain areas that, that have been proven to, to, to show high performance, uh, goal orientation, uh, successful teamwork. There's so much good that comes out of emotional intelligence, but taken to an extreme it can become manipulative in the wrong hands. And so when we think about the activation of the Holy Spirit and that true altruism, it's really caring about the other. It's feeling what the other person is feeling, loving them in a way that you want the best out of them that God has intended for that person to be. And so I think that's one amazing thing about the construct. I think that's one amazing thing about when we apply Jesus through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, emotional intelligence then can really have a true uh, impact and meaning. And Kim, or Ken, let's, let me ask you a question now. Let's begin to look at what the Bible says. What is a, a, a great example of altruism from our emotional intelligence construct that you see in the Bible? Well, I like... I like case studies of Jesus, you know, because he does it so well. And uh, it, the, the people that he reached out to are very, very interesting. And the one I chose here with regard to that was a woman at the well. We don't even know her name. But Jesus knew who she was. And what is, what is so significant of that, in that culture, she was the poster for a loser <laughs> and yet he reached out to her and she became a significant part to our history of who Christ is and I think it's always better to go ahead and why don't we just read the story and it's, it's going to take it is he came to a, a a town in Samaria called Sekar and it, it, he, he came to uh, Jacob's well during the during the time of uh, of uh, the noon hour when it was the hottest, you know, and people didn't come there unless you were an outcast, and that's who came. That lady came, and Jesus, being Jesus, he was he's he's fantastic about asking questions to stimulate a conversation to a spiritual direction that they don't necessarily know it's coming right away. And, and so he asked the question of the lady, he says, uh, can I have a drink of water? You know, you're sitting at the well, and that's why she's there. So she said, this is interesting because I perceive that you're a Jew and Jews don't talk to us, especially me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a woman <laughs> and I'm a Samaritan, you know, and that's interesting. <laughs> and, and he went ahead and... And he asked her a question about, you know, God's gift. And, he, and, and she said, he said to her, I know that you, uh, the gift of God who is, is, is here is asking for a drink, but I have something even better. It's living water. Mm. And what she says, boy, give me some of that stuff. 
and and then he asked her asked her a question. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you about living in Mortimer. Why don't you um, why don't you why don't you go home and get your husband? Come back. And uh, she says, mm, <laughs> uh, I don't have a husband. And he says, Yeah, I know that. You've you've had five husbands, and you're living with somebody that's not your husband. And, and I, I'm sure she was rather startled by that. And so she tries to change the subject and says, I perceive you're a prophet. And it's one of those things, no kidding. <laughs> you know, so he, he goes ahead and, and, and talks her more about this living water. And she wants to go ahead and says, I'm kind of curious about this. I'm not sure I understand where this is, is going, uh, you know, we, you know, you're a Jew and you worship in Jerusalem and we worship somewhere differently. And uh, at some point, I know the Messiah is coming and he'll answer those questions for me. And he looked at her and says, the one who's speaking to, I am he. So he <laughs> and identified who he is. What's significant about it, he reached out to this lady and cared for her. Yeah. As to who, and accepted her for where she was and what she was totally without judgment, you know, and to, told her, you know, who he was. And the significance of that is that when he told her who he was, he used the word woman. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, in that culture, that is a uh, that is an address of respect and, and affirmation. So he was affirming this woman with regard to, to who she was and accepting her where she was, uh, you know, and explaining to him that he was the Messiah. The significance of that is that is the first time that Jesus used the word I am. And he, thereafter, he would constantly, he used it 153 times that are recorded in scripture. But he chose to go ahead and go ahead and, and start this out or express that for the first time to what the culture would say, totally unacceptable person. So, so let's, let's dive into that for a minute. What do you suppose she expected and what do you suppose society expected with that interaction? She expected, I think, you know, he's just going to reject me. You know, and when he didn't, she was just shocked at that. And to see and see the love of Christ or his love for her and how he addressed her and whatever was so kind and gentle and accepting. She she was an outcast, <laughs> you know, and to have a have a Jew go ahead and tell that, uh, you know, that total acceptance is 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 had to have been an incredible impact. I don't know if you guys have seen the the movie the chosen have you seen that i've seen, I've seen scene in there. and when they got through when she got through she was jumping down and the thing that i think is a piece of humor there she was there to get water and she had a bucket she left her bucket <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't important she had the living water because <laughs> it was totally unimportant at that point yeah she went back and did she have, did she have an impact? She just started, I mean, she was kind of a, 
a character within the community. And so they, they would crowd around and she started tell, talking about this Messiah and they invited him in and he stayed and, and evangelized that town. <laughs> and so, who did God choose? A loser. But in his mind, she was a winner. She was a winner. So, mm-hmm. so Dr. Estella, what stood out to you with that story? You know, I think that's what it is. I think that t- there was a couple of things that stood out. I think that um, God's not judgmental or Jesus is not judgmental, right? And I think that that's one of the things that gets in the way of a lot of our, our, our for a lot of us is we judge. We judge how we give. I mean, right now you look at um, the global society we live in, it's very difficult to give to that charity and know that you've given directly to that person that's going to benefit from it. But Jesus doesn't care because and if you have that autistic spirit and you're not judgment, you're not judging this organization, you're not judging the church, you're not judging this homeless person, you're just giving of your heart. And I like that. That was one of the things I love. And I think to Ken, Ken is brilliant with these case studies because they show so much. The second thing I think I liked is that um, this person wasn't a person who was somebody supposedly in society. And many times we think we have to be somebody to um, get the acknowledgement of Christ and we don't. God loves you no matter where you are. He comes, he meets you no matter where you are. And I think that's a beautiful part of that story. So tell us, talk to us a little bit about when altruism becomes difficult. What's the hardest part of altruism? (laughs) Well, I think it becomes difficult two areas. I think um, the ego and I think also giving to your enemies. Okay, so with the ego, and, and Sister Lauren's not on the call, but we both have had numerous conversations about um, the shiny objects you follow in life and, and your ego and how that pats on the back and how you want to be heard. And um, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, I, I love um, the story of Jesus when he talked about the Pharisees and how they wanted things for reward. And you see that a lot. You see people giving and, and wanting to give and be known that they were the giver. Well, God said, you're going to get your recognition in heaven. You know, you don't need your recognition to that recognition now. So that I think letting go of that ego is the hardest thing to do. Um, We need to learn to do things in secret, you know, prayer, a lot of things in secret and, and, and we'll be blessed later. The second thing is given to our enemies. And and I tell you, you know, um, that's a battle, right? Uh, We, we, we live in a world where, um, there's just uh, Satan is prevailing, right? And sometimes the thought of giving to someone who is just full of evil is hard to do. But that's when, again, that activation of the Holy Spirit has to come in and you've got to just say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give of my heart and let God take, take this. Um, um, Luke 6, 35 t- talks about love your enemies. And wow, wow. <laughs> Help yeah. me, Lord, every day. <laughs> to That's do that. pretty hard to do. <laughs> it is, but it, but with prayer is possible because when you love them, you forgive them, and and once you forgive them, that you've healed yourself and you've done exactly what God wants. So that's counterintuitive to the way the world thinks. Love your enemy. So we're it's easy, and the Bible <laughs> says it. it's easy to love those that are close to you. Okay. But loving your enemy, that's like. That's like a new level of altruism. So Ken, let's talk about that little, a little bit more, even that activation of the Holy Spirit piece. Why is that the differentiator with this whole altruism thing? Because it's easy in the world we live in to simply not care. Well, I think 
Yeah, it, it's not not caring is, is is part of it. But with me, what I've tried to get as, as I'm getting older, and I hope smarter, I don't know, <laughs> is, is to go ahead and I'm I'm a I'm a person who plans and has my day organized. And I, I, I'm I'm getting better at saying, Lord, this is your day when I start out. And says, if there's a surprise, have give me the discernment and the wisdom to address what you want to do rather than what I want to do to for with the day. If you if you you follow what I'm saying, as is I've I've got this plan and I got it, this deadline and whatever, and something comes in that's a surprise, I don't particularly care to talk to that person anyway. <laughs> They're, they're not my favorite, but I, but maybe God has put that particular person in there just at that point for me to do something. And I have the wisdom to go ahead and know, stop, Ken, and listen to what the need is at the moment. I know you don't particularly care for this person, but they have a need and I've got something for you to do. I think it's, that's my challenge. Well, you very well could be meeting, having an encounter with a woman at the well. So is she going to leave her pail there and walk away with something greater or is she going to have a different interaction with you? That's the thing to think about. Yeah. And so Estella, how do we develop this skill? So we talk about it, activation of the Holy spirit and all of that, but what are some things that we can do to, to develop this skill, create the environment to have an altruistic nature? Yeah, I think, um, well, we developed a methodology to do that. And, and, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit now, the EIC method. And we all came together and thought about how do we activate the Holy Spirit? And I think it's recognizing three things. What was the encounter? So what, what, did you, what happened, right? The second thing is how do you initiate? What was the behavior that was initiated? You know, what was the identified behavior? So did, did, um, for instance, if someone approaches me wrong, how did I act and how did they act? <laughs> because it's two-way street, behavior goes both ways. And then the second thing is course correction. And that's where the activation of the Holy Spirit comes in. And, and, I, and it's not something, we call it our EIC method, encounter, identified behavior, and um, course correct. That's something that's a skill set that you have to practice. And it's, a, and it's something you have to ask the Lord to help you with, right? You have to ask him for that, 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 and it's not something, and that's why we developed the course. Uh, the course is coming along with this. It's going to be awesome because the course is going to, I, be, I believe so much in, you can have all kinds of theory. You can read all day long, but unless you actually apply what you learn and apply the Holy Spirit and apply God's blessing to, uh, on everyone else, it's not going to do anything. So I think that's what, um, how you activate it. You, you practice, you pray, you know, in prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God. You have to really want to change. You have to really want to be altruistic. I look at Mother Teresa and I'm like, God, you know, some people are just born into this, this behavior set. I mean, you know, and so, I mean, but God uses, you, I think one of the other things, God uses your strength in different ways to show acts of altruistic behavior too. So don't don't think because and and I had to correct course correct myself on that because I looked at Mother Teresa and said why can't I be like Mother Teresa sometimes? And I had to realize, you know, it's still like God didn't give you the heart, the, the spirit of necessary of Mother Teresa, but there's yeah. other ways that I can get. So Ken, let's talk about EIC in regards to how Jesus handled the woman at the well. So he had an encounter with her. 
he identified the behavior, what was going on, and then he made a course correction. What did he do that a lot of times we wouldn't consider? I, you know, what I, what I, my impression is his, his ability to go ahead and he has a, has a way of where he wants to go, but he'll go ahead and, and create a question that is not going to offend that person initially, but get a, a degree of interest in furthering that conversation to a direction he wants to go. And that's an incredible skill set to be able to do that. And of course, what, he, what did he start with with this woman? His water. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's, that's where he started. And just asking a question and getting a conversation. And it's kind of like he's fishing, if I want to call it that. You know, he's throwing that hook out there and hoping she'll bite on it, you know. And, and, and of course she did. And then he just kind of gradually going ahead, went ahead and left her uh, along, let her along until he really asked a hard question, you know, and, and she didn't, she didn't, she didn't uh, shut down, but she changed the subject, which of course he knows that's going to happen, but he's, he's not stopping there. I just marvel at his ability to ask questions, mm -hmm. ask questions with the right tone that communicates love that, you, you know, I'm not. I'm not sticking it to you. I'm sitting there. I'm really genuinely interested in you as a person. I think that's what came across. I, I yeah, that's what I see when he engages with people, people that, you know, he's never met before. He has that gift to do that. And I hope with, with your model, you have the skill set to do that. Absolutely. And so let's kind of talk about the project itself. So, so Dr. Estella, this isn't just a book. I mean, it's a great book, but it's more than a book. I mean, it's kind of a, a field manual for agape love, for improving the relationship, advancing it, moving forward and being, being yourself, all that God called you to be and helping the relationship move forward to where the person that you're working with is doing the same. And so let's talk about what's inside of the book. And then there's a course to follow. Tell us a little bit more about those two things. Okay, so we're going to use the book as a, a guide to the course, and the course is aligned with the book. Um, we're starting off simple, is keep it simple, an introduction to what emotional intelligence is, because this is a, this was given to us by God. It's a whole new thought process, right? Um, so we're, we're, we're um, you know, because again, years, years and years of I've, I've, I've studied emotional intelligence. And, and even though I tried to change, it wasn't until I activated the Holy Spirit that I was able to change. So I always found myself on my knees changing. <laughs> I was trying to do it the theoretical way, but it didn't work. So this course is going to be so powerful because it's going to have you practice those skills. Uh, it is, again, it's going to mirror the book. I mean, the, yeah, it's going to mirror the book, the course. Um, it's going to show you how to go to the source. People must realize that we are all resources in this big thing called earth and, and life, but God is the source of our strength. So it's going to teach you how to go to the source to learn how to change. And that's the true change agent is him. So it's going to be really exciting. We're starting off with the introduction, and then we'll go through a couple of modules uh, later. Fantastic. So with the book, we've got uh, definitions of emotional intelligence. We've got history of emotional intelligence. We've also got case studies that help interpret emotional intelligence from a biblical form, uh, 
point of reference. And then there's all kinds of tools in the book itself to help a person grow in the skill set, along with a journal at the end of the book as well. And then we've got the course. And the course, again, helps break down the book and apply it in your life so that you can develop the emotional intelligence skill set and have the mind of Christ when doing so. And so we're so excited about the project. Where can people find out more, Dr. Estella? Where we are going to, you can go to Edge. I mean, emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. You can find information there. You can go to Edge Got In. You can go to Lead Like Jesus. <laughs> you can go so many places to find out. But we do have, uh, the course will be launching probably in, in uh, late December, early January. Um, I'm sorry, you're probably more or less January. But um, so we'll, but you can actually go to Edge, I mean, emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com now and you can actually uh, sign up for the course. So sign up for it and just say you're interested. And then from there on, we'll, we'll send you information once the course launches. But we're excited to have you take part in it because it's a beautiful project, a God project. Fantastic. So one more time, go to emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com to find out more. So Ken, I want to thank you once again for joining us on the Lead Like Jesus podcast. Dr. Estella, it's been a joy to have you on the podcast as well. We're thankful that you were here today. So until next time, remember, lead like Jesus, where leadership starts on the inside. Thank you.